This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. I don't want to not go for pizza on Friday nights. I do not want to forego cable. That's right. I want cable. If I want a nice car, I want a nice car. That's not to say I'm going to go out and buy like a Tesla or something, but (laughs) I just, I want to enjoy life now and later. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill. And today we're talking about early retirement. The idea of leaving your traditional work life behind and spending your days as you please can sound quite appealing to a lot of people. The FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early, has become a wildly popular concept over the last decade, but it's also become wildly controversial. Today, I'm going to interview someone who started off in love with the FIRE movement and the idea of early retirement, but eventually had a change of heart. Lisa Harrison is my guest today. Lisa is the writer and podcast host behind Mad Money Monster. Her story and personal finance advice have been featured in major media outlets like Yahoo Finance, Market Watch, and Forbes. Lisa and her husband, Mr. Mad Money Monster, live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with their daughter, dogs, and cats who are very much a part of their family as well. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, Lisa... How did you find the fire movement? <laughs> yes, that's a that's a good question. There, uh, back in 2015, my husband and I uh, we were we were engaged, and we were a little bit older. We weren't like new college grads or anything like that. And we started uh, searching for a house, kind of nonchalantly, you know, open houses on Sundays. And before we knew it, we were signing with a realtor and actually putting offers in and, you know, the, our, we never really sat down and created a budget for this purchase. You know, at the time he had moved down, he was two hours north of me when we met. So he had moved in with me at that point and we were living in my smallish home that I bought for myself. <laughs> and I thought, you know, we need to upgrade because that's what, that's what you do. <laughs> so we were, you know, looking at these houses before we knew it, we were under contract to buy a house that was so much more money than I even thought we would ever put an offer in for, but it just happened that way, right? You know, oh, you want this and you want that. Well, then you're looking at this price range. And yes, we could have afforded it in air quotes, you know, (laughs) but um, we also wanted to keep the property that I had purchased before meeting him, turn that into a rental. And then I also had another rental before that as well. So, you know, we're starting to have anxiety the closer and closer we get to the settlement date thinking, oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if, you know, what if both tenants move out? What if this? And and my husband, basically he has contracts, right? So it's not like a, a nine to five um, kind of job like I have. It's not like a steady eddy kind of job. So his income is variable and unpredictable, usually very good, but 
it doesn't always, you know, turn out the way we expect. <laughs> so our our thoughts were, oh my goodness, what if all these things go wrong? We were having sleepless nights. We were anxious. So thankfully, there was mold in the attic when they did the, uh, and a lot of mold in the attic when they did the inspection. We're like, we're pulling this plug. We need to sleep sleep again. We need to breathe easy again. And that was kind of the um, catalyst for our financial turnaround. We uh, just started to reboot our our lives together and this was really just before we we got married so we were like we're going into this marriage this is not the way to do it we need to really be adults here and <laughs> kind of come up with a better plan um have a timeline and so i just started googling you know like everybody does you know this is my saturday research i was doing <laughs> and one thing led to another and i'm down a rabbit hole called fire. <laughs> so I found some really interesting blogs at the time. I didn't even know what a blog was. Um, and I know it's 2015. How did I not know what a blog was in 2015? But you'd be surprised. I have, you know, people in my circle now that really don't know what a blog is, even though they probably read them, right? That was pretty much it. I thought, wow, these people are my age, some of them younger, and they've already retired. Oh my goodness. And that that was that was it. I mean, I was just so enamored and it's so glamorized. And all of a sudden I started hating my fluorescent lights over my cubicle and, you know, launched the blog, launched my own blog. And really just to chronicle our journey. It's not like this was I'm going to make money from this because I had one. I didn't know what a blog really was. And I certainly didn't know you could make money from one at the time. So I guess that's the long answer to your to your little question there. Yeah. So what what about the idea of early retirement resonated with you at that time in 2015 when you were having those those thoughts of oh man we got all of these things going on we got to be careful what what about early retirement specifically said yeah that's something I want to do well I mean you see the Instagram photos and you know you're you're in the woods and it's a beautiful sunset and you have a cup of coffee and it's like, Oh my goodness. And there's a computer, there's a laptop there and you can do whatever you want during the day. Also, I had a young daughter. I mean, we still have a young daughter, but she was younger then. And that would give me more flexibility to be with her. Um, just things like that, you know, it's just, it's a great concept. I mean, everybody, who wants to work, right? Like if, like, let's face it, if, if your job wasn't paying you, I don't care how much you enjoy it, you probably wouldn't go in, right? That's probably 99% of the population. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, I hear you. And, uh, you know, for somebody who's seen those Instagram photos of people sipping, <laughs> slowly sipping coffee on the, on the beach. Um, yes. Yeah, I hear you. Absolutely. So what are some of the actions that you started to take? to embrace the idea of early retirement, some financial things that you might have done? Oh, well, I mean, just devouring all the content I could get my eyes and ears on. So podcasts, blogs, and we started the down the extreme frugality route because, again, my husband's income is mostly good, but variable and unpredictable. So we live on my income alone, and then we also save a good chunk of that. Uh, and I'm no investment banker or, you know, anesthesiologist or anything like that. So it's not like I'm making hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, so to to get up to that savings rate, it was it was a lot for us. You know, at one point we hit 70 percent. Um, we certainly scaled that back, but we cut out everything. You know, we cut out 
you know, obviously the TV is gone, right? That's the number one. The subscriptions are gone. The gym membership's gone. The, I can't, you know, eating out and I love eating out. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how much I love eating out. <laughs> and we cut that out, you know, <laughs> we cut out our coffee, coffee dates that we used to do on the weekends and just, uh, you know, it was just not very satisfying. Yeah. But so, hey, we were going to retire early, so it was worth it, yeah, right? Yeah, no, you had the dream out there, right? It was, <laughs> it was something that was enticing. So Definitely what, a did dream. Your, what did your uh, husband think of all this? Did this cause any issues in your relationship at all? So um, I can't say it really. So he's always been on the frugal side. So he grew up. He grew up that way. So it wasn't like a shock to his system or anything like that. And But, but interestingly enough, my husband because he loves what he, I mean, he loves it. He would work for free. He would work for free. So he is in that 1% that would just do whatever, just to do what he does. Um, so I can't say he was really on the, on the, I'm going to never work again path. Mm -hmm. So, but he did like the idea of, yeah, let's get our, our net worth up to that number. Right. <laughs> so, but for me, I was going to cut out of corporate, corporate America. That was, <laughs> oh yeah, that was, that was for me. How did you feel about your job at the time? Well, before finding it, I was just fine with my job. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I mean, I've worked in the same industry since I graduated college. I work in the industry I went to school for. So I'm doing what I've set out to do. So I've been at my company for over 13 years. I've worked with a lot of the same people for that amount of time. So I have really close relationships with those people. You know, we work together on projects. You know, again, would I rather be hanging out at the bar with them and sipping a martini? Probably. But, you know, working on a project can be fun too, right? Sure. And it also pays you money. So I didn't hate my job until I found the FIRE movement. <laughs> So it started to be, oh, the, the Sunday schlag. And I don't even know, is that even a word? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like Sunday evening rolls around. Oh, I can't believe I have to go in and sit under those lights. And, and I'm not doing what I want to do tomorrow, which is nothing. <laughs> I love yeah. it. So that, that was my, uh, that was my um, perspective at the time. And I understood that you guys, and if maybe I heard this wrong, that you guys went to almost the opportunity of living in a camper or a trailer or trying that out. Is that something you guys did as well? <laughs> so, I mean, the media really jumped on that story <laughs> that, because it is a good one. No, we never had intended to, um, to do that full time. That was something we thought, hey, we could take more vacations, more weekend trips. As we have a young daughter, it's not like we're going to go live in a in an RV or a, it was actually a van. Oh, a van. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a van, van life, hashtag van life. Uh, <laughs> so we were going to do that on the weekends and maybe even a summer vacation, drive across the country. And we actually had that set, but the closer and closer we got to that, that wasn't happening. Look, what, I need. What did you discover through the process? Uh, well, we did a we did a couple of like trial runs with our friends. They live up in the Pocono Mountains. Um, on a they have quite a bit of acreage, so we're up there in the woods. And you know, I'm scared of bears. I keep looking out the window, which is ridiculous. I'm in a van, right? That's the van. The bear's gonna break into the van. <laughs> um, and then my husband just couldn't. He wasn't comfortable at all, and I couldn't say I was really comfortable either. But I, 
and he even left the middle of the night. He left. He's like, this is, he kept hitting his head on the, on the ceiling. He's like, Oh my gosh, I'm out of here. And I, I stuck it out though. I stuck it out. I stayed the whole night. I even did it like two or three more times, but I just didn't love it. And that was in like temperate weather. Sure. Like I can't imagine a summer vacation when our daughter's out of school driving it to the plan was the Grand Canyon, you know, 120 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. It was it was goofy, a goofy idea. We tried it kind of. And- I think that's awesome cuz I think a lot of people put that out there being like when I have a couple months off at work, I'm going to take a trailer, a, a van and we're going to drive across the country. And then right. you guys tried it or you tried to attempt at it, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that." <laughs> and I should have known better. I mean, I I always say when I go on vacation, I I need it to be at least as nice as my house. Like, this is a vacation. Absolutely. (laughs) I completely agree. I love that sentiment. And Nicole and I say that all the time. We're like, we're not going on a vacation if our house house is better. Then that's not a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. (laughs) 
So what was what was your turning point where you said, I'm just done pursuing early retirement? Well, you know, I think it wasn't any one particular thing. I think it was a cumulative effect with, ah, I, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate. Like, I, I, I have to phrase this correctly. Just seeing a lot of the influencers, and I know this is sample bias because, you know, the people that are making money writing about being early retired, you know, that's who you're hearing from and seeing. But, you know, they're not really early retired, in my opinion. I'm kind of like the retirement police, you know. Retirement is ceasing to work. Like, I, I'm like the guy in office space. Like, I want to do nothing. Like, and I think it it's everything I I dream it could be. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. To me, early retirement isn't changing jobs and it's not pursuing entrepreneurship and it's not, it's seriously ceasing to work and living off of your investments. Mm-hmm. And I also know, like at one point my blog was starting to become, it was starting to rival my full-time employment as far as time. So it was almost like having a second full-time job with deliverables and, you know, expectations and customers. And it's just like my job. Like <laughs> it was, in fact, it was, it was, I would say more stressful than my regular corporate job because it's all on me. I don't have a team of people you know, that I can go to. And maybe that's because I haven't scaled it up yet. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to be that person. I, I, you know, I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you saw the dream, but the dream actually turned out to be uh, you creating a, a business uh, out of out of your early retirement. And that's, least, that's where it felt yes. maybe disingenuous to you. Yes. And that's what I was seeing. And and then I started to take a, a step back and think about, well, OK, do I really hate my job? No, no. In fact, I can go I can work from home two days a week. And I often don't take that opportunity because I like going into the office and sitting under those lights. Right. I like my coworkers. I like the atmosphere. I like, you know, it's yeah. I don't know. Plus the benefits, the salary and the benefits and everything else that goes along with it. What I'm taking away from our conversation so far is that, and I do this a lot, Lisa, I I read a book or I listen to a podcast and I'm like, wow, that idea is incredible and I have to do it. Because this person wrote a book, they must be so smart and whatever (laughs) they say, I need to do. And that's like my Andy disease. I do it all the time. So it sounds like maybe you and I are kind of in sync where you saw something and you're like, that looks glorious. And yes. I'm going to do that to the full extent because you're a hardworking, goal-oriented person and you don't <laughs> you don't stop, right? And I, that's, that why I think, so I think that's why you and I get along. It's because we're very similar <laughs> in a lot of those fashions. Um, but through this process, through experimenting yourself, you've been able to discover what's more important to you and it's not early retirement. Do I have that right? Ah, you are so right. You're so right. I mean, look, I I don't want to not go for pizza on Friday nights. I do not want to forego cable. That's right. I want cable. Actually, it's subscription TV, but whatever, right? We have a a few strung together. Yeah, I want, if I want a nice car, I want a nice car. That's not to say I'm going to go out and buy like a Tesla or something. <laughs> I just, I want to enjoy life now and later. And, you know, it's certainly, I mean, we're still, our savings rate is still hovering around 50%. So it's not like we're, we chopped it down to 5% or anything like that and, you know, forget the future. But 
you know, I, I, and especially while my daughter is young, I don't want to forego the nice family vacation. I don't, I want to make those memories with her and I don't want her memories to just be, Oh, how can we save another $2? Yeah. You know, I mean, I want her to have that as well, but so I see yeah. this, I see this like chart in my brain right now where you guys were saving maybe whatever 30% or something like that before because you were both frugal and then you saw all the stuff and you're like well if I just amp that up to <laughs> 70% then it's going to be even better and so you went up to that level and you're like oh no this is no good and then you're kind of like <laughs> okay now you're scaling back to maybe 30 or 50% or whatever yes. and it's feeling more happy so it, is it a is it a moment of just discovery of what your right savings rate is that that might be a fair statement. Yeah. I mean, and you're Andy, you're so right. Like when I when I saw this for the first time, I was like, oh, like it was the next day. Oh, I'm like, we're, we're saving me too, this sister. Spot. Same thing. <laughs> it was the next day. <laughs> I could barely get through the night without yeah. like increasing my investments. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I saw a lot of it and I, I admire a lot of those people that that uh, are, have early retired. Some of them are my close friends and I yes. think it is fantastic. But yeah. part of what what you you've discovered and what I what I've discovered too is that it's just finding what's right for you and finding what's right for your family. Uh if a 70% savings rate is going to make you feel uncomfortable because you can't get your pizza on Friday night, then, then don't do that and I'm so glad that you have. So we so we've talked a little bit about our, our you know our our uh, the, your thoughts around maybe some complaints or or, or uh, griefs with the fire movement. Let's talk about some of the things you admire the most about the fire movement. Oh my gosh. I, I do like I do. I just I published a post recently as five things I hate about the fire movement, but I also do love <laughs> aspects of it as well. I mean, if it weren't for the fire movement, we wouldn't be in the position we are today. Like we really, you know, since 2015 have been laser focused on our finances and we've eliminated all debt except our mortgage. And, you know, we're just investing, investing, investing and yeah, I mean, and and it is motivating. It's inspiring. It's motivating. You just kind of have to pick and choose, you know, who you follow, who resonates with you and and who's genuine. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. So do you think maybe there's a, I guess, a marketing issue with with fire with with early retirement? Do you think the name needs to go away? I guess. Uh, what do you think of the five part of, of the fire? Oh, I love acronym? the five part. In yeah. fact, I love the five part. And in fact, um, in a lot of my recent posts and podcasts, we've been talking about FI as financial improvement because for the general population, I think FI is, I mean, not that they can't achieve it or won't achieve it, but it's its a lofty goal. And a lot of times it's its pretty far in the future. Yeah. So if you just focus on financial improvement, then you can celebrate those little wins along the way. And it seems like you are making progress, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that way too. I mean, financial independence can, can seem like such a great goal that you can put out there, but then it can also feel deflating because it seems like, I have to save a million dollars and then I, <laughs> and then I can only live on, what is that? Like $40,000 a year. Yes. That's, that's, that's what happens. So yeah, I mean, that can feel deflating. And and for someone like me, I make a six figure income and it's still like, I'm like, holy crap, it's going to take me decades. And it's like, well, by that point, it's maybe just called retirement because right. I'll be, be in my sixties. So maybe I'll just plan for that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of discovery. I think that's the whole point. I mean, yeah, if you start early and you find this idea in your early twenties, like the idea of investing for a long time, you're going to be, you're going to be in a good spot, but I got discovered in my mid thirties and I'm like, well, okay, now it's just, now it's just retirement and I'm just going to enjoy life today. <laughs> exactly. That's when I discovered it as well. And yes, like, yeah, we could, if we kept going, it could have been 
early retirement, I suppose. But but you're right. It's pretty much a very, very comfortable, regular retirement. (laughs) Exactly. And I I think that's the point. Like, find what works for you. Find what your specific situation is. And I found that people... Uh, I've had some some folks write in and just express their major frustration with personal finance advice in general. But that's the thing. Like, I think you need to find the voices and the people and the stories that work well for you and then self-experiment and make sure it works for you. I, I love this, 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 this point. So thank you very much for, for sharing this with us. So, of course. So you... You're not planning to early retire anymore. What financial goals maybe do you have now that excite you? <laughs> I mean, obviously, we want to hit our financial independence number sooner than later, sooner than our traditional retirement age. So what excites me? I I am really interested in real estate. So we have our two properties now. I wouldn't mind increasing that down the road. I like the idea of building legacy wealth for our daughter. Uh, and talk to me about that. What do you mean by legacy wealth? Well, maybe, maybe I'm using the term out of scope, but for me, legacy, there's no, there's no dictionary police here. Well, you never know. (laughs) You know, I don't know. (laughs) Legacy wealth police, police are coming at me. But, um, I grew up so poor and I had nothing, you know, for my parents. So of course I'm swinging in the opposite direction and I'm creating this spoiled rotten child, I'm sure. (laughs) Hopefully not. But, um, but I, I don't want that to be the case for her. I really want to, if I can do that, I would like to pass some on to her and maybe her children, if she has children, whatever, in the future. And maybe do some good along the way too. I love animals as everybody knows. So maybe, you know, build some building and house all the homeless animals. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. That's a that's a great plan. I like it. Very cool. Very cool. So Lisa, somebody's listening to our conversation right now and maybe they're getting a little frustrated. They're like, well, Lisa, it sounds like you like your job. That's cool. But I really don't like my job and I like fire. So what would you say to them? Well, I think it obviously it's situational. I think it depends how old they are, what their relationship situation is, uh, if they have children. And if they really don't like their job, you can just go get a different one. You know, you don't have to retire. You don't have to early retire to to get around that issue. So there are plenty of jobs out there. Find one that suits you and, and and maybe still go after that early retirement piece of it. But also, if you're if you're on the younger side of things, um, which is great because of you have time on your side, but also know that there are things that you're not going to be able to predict. You might get married. You might not. You might you might be in a relationship and maybe you are never going to have children. Right. You've set that. Well, you know, two years later, the relationship falls apart. You meet somebody else. And now that somebody else really wants children and you're going to be on board. So life just takes so many twists and turns that you can't really predict everything, especially in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. What? Keep going, right? You really can't predict. So I don't know. That's my that's my little piece of advice. I love it. Thank you very much. And uh, I wanted to share something interesting I, I saw just yesterday. Uh, Grant Sabatier, he's, he's been on the show a couple times, actually. He's one of the leaders of the financial mm-hmm. independence movement. Sure. You know, he retired at 30 years old after saving a million bucks in just five years. So intense. And he admits that as well. So after a few years of, of having his early retirement, he was interviewed by, by MarketWatch. And he said... 
financial independence, the million dollars, none of that freedom matters if you don't take advantage of it. What do you think he meant by that? That is interesting. You know, I don't, I know Grant peripherally, right? I I, I don't know him personally. Um, I've interacted with him a little bit, but I don't really know what he meant by that other than take the opportunities that are in front of you, right? I mean, if you have the ability to pivot and you're afraid to do so, you know, maybe, maybe just swallow that fear and, and go for it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Lisa, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you jumping on and having this fun, candid conversation with me. <laughs> Where's the best place for people to connect with you and learn more about what's going on in your world? Uh, so I have the blog, I have the podcast, both Mad Money Monster, and then I'm all over social media at Mad Money Monster. Um, if you want to email, it's themadmoneymonster at gmail.com. And that's pretty much it. Excellent. Well, Lisa, thank yeah. you so much for joining today. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me on. It was so much fun. An excellent lesson in discovering what works best for you. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Lisa Harrison. Number one, consider financial improvement over financial independence. If the idea of financial independence sounds overwhelming, unattainable, or downright uncomfortable, it's time to change your course. Lisa suggests going for small financial improvements instead of gigantic financial leaps. How about saving up for that emergency fund or eliminating your last remaining credit card debt? Those wins may feel just as good as achieving financial independence. Number two, find the right savings rate for you. Lisa saved 70% of her income at certain points in her journey. This started to make her feel uncomfortable and unhappy. So she dialed it back to a spot that made her feel better. Nicole and I have done the same thing in the past as well. We got up around 70% at certain times, 50% at other times. And lately, we've been easing it back a bit to enjoy more life today. Last year, we were saving around 35% of our income. Now, depending on your situation, if you haven't been saving a lot, you may need to have a higher percentage to catch up on your retirement savings. The point is, experiment and find out what's right for you. Number three, try out a new career instead of trying to retire early. Lisa and I talked about someone who doesn't like their career and wants to go down the path of early retirement. It might be time for that person to try a new company or a new career path in general. Personally, I can share this from my perspective. I've been very interested in early retirement in the past, but the more I investigated it, the more I realized I love working. I love helping people. I love working with a group of people who are teaming up for a bigger purpose. So for me, at least, it isn't ceasing to work that makes me excited. It's finding work that I love to do. Lisa, thank you so much for being open and honest and talking through this important topic with us. I wish you the best of luck in your financial journey, and I'm glad to hear there are more pizza dates with your daughter in the future. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. 
Number one, check out our sponsors, The College Investor, for finding a great high-yield online savings account at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash TCI savings. And also check out the Fetch Rewards app at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash fetch. You'll get 2,000 free points just for signing up using that URL. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash fetch. And then the second thing, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Just hit that button and you'll be showing up every week. And then the last thing, share this episode with a friend who's interested in early retirement and maybe wants another perspective. You can find this show and all the links and resources at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 167. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 167. And if you are new to the show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, the 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Ariana Huffington. The journey towards self-discovery is life's greatest adventure. Experiment, discover, adjust, and continue marching forward, my friends. Carpe diem. 